Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Advice Worth Keeping. I am Joe Prosper, and I'm here with Andrew Lindsay and Uncle James. Before we get started with questions, can we just hear a little bit from our speakers today? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Andrew Lindsay, I'm part of KPMG's M&A and strategy practice. I have about 17 years of experience helping corporate and private equity companies through the operational aspects of M&A, partnerships, alliances. And I bring a lot of experience across the M&A lifecycle from due diligence, synergy capture, as well as post-close transformation and restructuring. Hi, everyone. My name is Uncle Jane. I'm in KPMG's strategy and M&A group, and I love helping clients on large-scale corporate initiatives, including M&A transactions, helping them find out areas of how to grow. Great. Thank you. So start with the questioning, right? When should a company think about taking on a strategic partner and or an alliance? For a short answer, the answer is always companies need to constantly look to enhance their capabilities via partnerships or a joint venture or an alliance. This is a way for them to do this Then limits their risk profile. This risk can be in terms of financial risk and operational risk while getting access to new capabilities, including methods of innovation, access to different production means, access to talent, ideas, and scale as well. Andrew, any thoughts on this? Sure. When I think of companies that could benefit from leveraging a strategic partnership or alliance, I think of two different types of companies. The first one being kind of that mature, established companies with established products, distribution needs, channels. And then the other one being a disruptor or a new entrant to a market with an innovative product or way to better engage with customers. If I think about the first one, really that established, mature business, Looking at partnerships and alliances, you'll be able to gain access to the latest and greatest technology or capabilities or new and innovative products that might be capitalizing on some white space in your customers' segmentation that you might not have seen. I think from a legacy or mature business, it really makes sense to look at what's out there and how you can gain from evaluating partnerships. On the flip side, when you think about a growing company that might be new to the market or a new product that's really trying to grow and scale, Looking at partnerships with more mature companies can add a better distribution network. It can add access to a whole new set of markets and customers. So thinking about how, as a smaller business, you can leverage partnership with a more established business can really help you scale and grow. So before taking on that strategic partner, what are some things a company can do to prepare for a strategic partner or alliance? I think looking at partnerships and alliances, you don't want to take this lightly. You're embarking on a journey and somewhat of a relationship with a new player. So I think looking at this from an objective standpoint and really stepping back and saying, where are we today? And being real with your business and your shortcomings and where you might have capability or product gaps really give you an ability to say, what do I want to get out of this partnership? And what do I want to achieve through embarking on this journey and going through a partnership, an alliance, and even maybe taking that to the next level through a full acquisition or divestiture? Now, once you're there and you've identified the need that you have, where you want to go with your partnership or alliance is really making sure that you have the right structure and cadence with your counterparty to the transaction or the partnership. Also, setting up and performing some rigorous analysis to make sure that the contributions of assets and people and culture that you're giving to this new entity really makes sense and vice versa. Conversely, what you will be gaining from this partnership and alliance from contributions from the other side really help you make sure that your resources and the counterparty's resources are being used effectively. To add to this, you know, I think it, you just have to make this part of your core strategy. I remember actually talking to a guy on a plane the other day and 
he's like, oh, when should we be doing this? Or, you know, what should they be doing around this? The answer is they should always be engaging in this and they should prepare the organization to be ready to engage in these type of activities. And that means that you have to have people establish processes. These companies, the way they're successful is by having robust processes and methodologies. And these type of transactions are no different. So having those rigorous mechanisms that are tried and true and have people that have expertise in theory is the right way to to push these forward and to make sure that in the end that you're successful based on these type of transactions are here to stay and need to be kind of part of your core operations. When should a company think about M&A? Again, an easy question, always. And in the end, you need to continue to stay ahead of your competition and you need to continue to look for ways to enhance your capabilities. Capabilities can be broken in in terms of access to R&D, access to talent, geographic markets. You know, it's endless in terms of how companies need to continue to bolster that and they have to do it in a premise that continues to provide value to their shareholders. And M&A is just a very appropriate, reasonable, and effective way to continue to do this. To add to that, I think we're seeing companies leverage strategic investing in M&A to really capitalize on white space where they might not have an existing product. They might not have a means of engaging with certain segment of the customers, or they might not have the talent or capabilities internally um, to build a product or to go to market in an effective way. So I think companies defining their M&A strategy and and venture investment strategy is is primary goal number one. But once you're able to define that and and go after the opportunities in the market, um, we're seeing companies really harness their strengths and their differentiators to maximize those opportunities that they're going after. Companies are leveraging their distribution networks to take a smaller product that's just gone into the market and is really disrupting a space, say, for example, food and beverage and and health-minded consumers. So some of the legacy providers in that space can really maximize the opportunity of taking that product through their distribution channel, through their marketing assets, and through ultimately their customer base. How could a company benefit from venture investing? And when is the right time to integrate that into your strategy? Sure, I'll take that one. I think the old saying of, I'm here from corporate and I'm here to help, certainly applies in this scenario. You have to strike the right balance between fully integrating and assimilating a product, a brand, an acquisition, or even an investment stake into allowing that business to thrive and grow and really allow it to operate with the secret sauce that you were initially attracted to that business for. For example, some things I'm seeing in the market where companies are buying a a stake with a longer-term plan to acquire a full investment stake of a business, they're often setting that business off to the side, providing it some capabilities and access to their customer base, their assets, their distribution channels, to allow it to leverage the benefits of partnering with mature, more stable business, but also allowing it to keep the culture that they've had that has really been able to grow and allow them to thrive in an entrepreneurial environment. I think, you know, when you're part of any kind of a venture investing forum, you're getting first dibs to the next forum of innovation. And it's almost like throwing a bunch of adults in a playground. You've gone to an incubator or in these other areas where new companies and startups are allowed to display what they're creating. It's new and fantastic. And the energy levels are, are just amazing as far as what you're seeing, as far as the people creating it. So, can even bring a sliver of that into your organization that just right there allows you to continue to grow and really just provide a little extra juice to your growth and your approach of how you see your organization and how you operate as well. Bit of a loaded question here, but what does success look like? 
And in the end, in the context of a partner and merger, both parties have to come out ahead. And if that's in terms of their stock price, in terms of their R&D pipeline, more robust, or in terms of just their customer satisfaction ratings being better, this is important. And and this is how you effectively say, yes, this has been a successful transaction because we've come out ahead based on capabilities, based on metrics, and based on the fact that uh, we can now compete better in, in the marketplace. When I think about success look like, I think about it in terms of established companies and what they can gain. I think success means gaining access to capabilities in line with their M&A strategy, in line with where they have gaps currently in the market, but also doing it in a way that adds value to the enterprise and adds value in a lasting and meaningful way. So this means gaining access to talent, capability internally from a, a team perspective that you might not have had. It also means potentially gaining access to intellectual property and products that you might not have had the capabilities go to market with, but also market distribution and channel capabilities where engaging with customers might be important or getting to market quickly and timely might be important. So I think those are some items on what success looks like. So how does this impact the everyday consumer? I know personally in my life, I've seen a big impact from disruption in the marketplace from a consumer standpoint. I think I've started to see some impact from major companies that are engaging in partnerships. And I think personally what it means is I'm able to better connect as a consumer with the product. So in immediacy and convenience, as I think about food and beverage, there's such an increase in convenience to be able to order any type of food you'd like delivered to your door. You no longer have to go out and fight traffic to get your favorite restaurant delivered to you every day. So that's an example of where established companies have partnered with new and innovative distributors and e-commerce play to get products to you faster and better. Better access to products that customers want. I see this typically right now in health-conscious consumers. We're getting access to better, healthier food that might be more ethical or might have better packaging for the environment. So I think there's a big impact there. The last thing which I touched on this a bit is just better engagement as a consumer with the brands that you know and love. The thing that I think of most when I think of this topic is getting an email at the right time from a brand in a meaningful way, such as you might be coming into a season where their brands have a big part of your life and getting an email with the newest, latest product or an engaging way to interact with them could be certainly an, an impact that a lot of folks see in the market. In my perspective, in the end, I want to feel a sense of pride and loyalty towards the brand, towards the product, and I want to be able to talk to my friends and family and everyone else that I know saying, heck yeah, you should definitely buy the products because it's awesome. And that means that it's the brand and the company is innovative and that they are creating products that are with today's time and something that I enjoy and value. And I think that is instrumental and that is what uh, customers and people like you and I are, are looking for. Okay, that'll do it for us today. Ankur, Andrew, I'd like to thank you for your detailed answers and your expertise on this topic. We all learned a great deal, I'm sure. Hope to hear from you again in the future. Thanks again.